Hello, hello, hello. I know y'all are wondering where in God's green earth have you been, Amanda? And the answer is, is that the last two years, so from 2020 to 2021, life was, let's say, special. (laughs) That's like the nicest way that I can say it, special. Uh, I had a lot of, um, let's say, difficult things happen last year. When I started this podcast, I was kind of coming out of a lot of the depths of despair and grief and things like that from 2020. And then 21 started and it was like, okay, yeah, yeah, things are going, they're getting there. I got a good job. I got my, you know, apartment. I've got my pooch. And for any of you who um, follow me on my personal Instagram, I'm going to start sharing her, my little nugget um, on the uh, public Instagram that I have. But for any of you who know, my dog is my freaking life now. So anyways, got her and was like, yeah, like I can do this. Life is, we're going to get back on track. And then had a lot of, a lot of stuff happen back to back that just caused me to really lose my spirit, really lose my energy, my desire to like get out of bed, my desire to just honestly do just about anything. So that is where I've been grieving, healing, um, consulting with God and you know, all that stuff that we experience sometimes in our life. I don't know why, but seems like right now I'm in my Joe period of life. I may have mentioned that before in other podcasts. I can't remember if I have or not, but yeah, I, uh, I'm in my Joe period of life. And if you'd like me to explain what that means and what that looks like, I would love to do a podcast on on that and probably will end up doing it anyways. But if y'all want that sooner rather than later, just let me know. So anyways, now that that's out of the way, let's move on. I am going to continue where I left off a year ago. I know, so bad. But anyways, I'm going to continue where I left off a year ago where we discuss part two of emotions. Last time we talked about it mental health-wise. This time we're going to talk about it biblically. Excuse me. And where I'm going to start is, really where I want to start is kind of where the church is at with all of this. And so what I found growing up as a PK, so what that means is pastor's kid or pastor kid, pastor's kid, PK, whatever that means. (laughs) Growing up as a pastor's child, let's say it that way, I obviously have observed so much throughout the 32 years that I've been on this earth being in church. And unfortunately, one of the main things that I have observed in that time period is this stigma that, uh, you know, you need to be perfect or you need to have no emotions or you need to show up especially with the men, women too, but the men, it seems like it's way worse, but you need to show up and you are just it. There's no problems. If I ask you what's going on, you're like, yeah, we're good. We are great. God is amazing, right? All these like buzzwords that all of us Christian use. And I keep thinking about writing a book with all of these buzzwords so that we can stop saying these stupid buzzwords But that's a whole nother discussion for another time. Anyways, so, you know, we go to church and we should, you know, we all need church because we all need that fellowship. We all need that connectivity. Church can look like a lot of different things. 
So am I saying that you need to go to some mega church? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. But you need to be in fellowship with other believers. Being in fellowship with other believers challenges your spirit. It also propels your spirit. And that is absolutely important when we and integral when we talk about our relationship with God. So going to church can be difficult, though, because there is a stigma that is in a lot of churches. Am I saying it is in every single church? No, but it is in a lot of churches. And unfortunately, it's really detrimental to the people of those churches. So growing up, I've gone to many churches where, you know, you walk in the door and the answer you want to give is I'm good, basically. You know, how are you doing? Yeah, we're good. We're good. And you don't give the truth. And now as an adult woman who one is a therapist and two, you know, is getting this master's in theology, which y'all I graduate in fall. Yes. Okay. I digress again, but walking into these churches and stuff like that. I now, if someone asks me if I, how I'm doing, if I'm okay, I give them the honest to God answer. I don't go into details, but I will tell them, no, I'm not or I'm grieving, or it's been rough. And I cannot believe the reactions that people give me. It's as if I said, yeah, there's a body in my backyard. It's so crazy, but it just speaks to what I'm talking about that we unfortunately, at some point in time, we got this idea in all of our brains that, hey, keep your mess to yourself. Do not, under any circumstances, talk about what you're actually experiencing because, and then answer that however you want to answer that. However, you know, actually, I would love, I would love for people to send me a DM or message or something. And I want you to explain to me or give me an, a reason why you believe your church has operated that way or the um, air in the church has changed to be that way, right? Like, or maybe you go to a church and it's the complete opposite and everybody's open and they're honest. I want to hear why. What is your church doing that makes it that way? Okay. I give homework (laughs) apparently now on this podcast too. Uh, But yeah, so we go into church. We're with these people that In reality, these are the people that we should be able to just lay it all on the table for. Because at the end of the day, again, just like, you know, in the New Testament with the churches that we're starting, this was fellowship. This was connectivity. This was a place where we are supposed to go to be outside of the world, to get away from the world and be in our community of safety. And unfortunately, there's more and more lack of safety in churches than there is safety. Now, I'm not saying that that is because of a pastor or because of leadership. It can be, but it's not the only reason why. And I don't for one second want to make it seem like that's what I'm trying to say. There's all kinds of reasons why a church can go down that path. And leadership is not the only reason why. Right. So let's get back now to emotions. We are given emotions by God. I'm going to say that again. We are given our emotions by God. I want you to think about that because I don't think a lot of people realize that or even really contemplate that, right? We just, oh, this is who I am as a human. I'm created of cells. I'm created of DNA. I've got neurotransmitters that make my brain work. And and I have these things called emotions and they drive me crazy. But we don't think about 
oh my gosh, God created me and gave those to me. So my question then is, if he gave those to us, why, oh why, do we push so greatly against them? What about them makes us go, no, I don't want those. Part of it going back is the church. I think the church's message has unfortunately done more bad than good. And that can be seen not only by the congregation, but by the teachings. Growing up in the church my entire life, I've seen pastor after pastor after pastor or leadership give the message of you need to renounce all of these things and accept all of these things. And on a level, yes, that is true. But it's almost as if you're not allowed to feel any of those things. So you just need to cut them off, not experience them, get rid of them. And you need to be always walking and being slain in the spirit. And I don't know about y'all, but that's not easy. It's not easy for me. And I've been a believer. I, I can't even tell you how many years. It's, it's just not easy. One of the things I think about the most when we talk about like emotion is like desire. There's such a rampant issue with pornography in this world, especially with men. I'm not saying it's not with women, but especially with men. And we are teaching these men all the time. You just need to cut it off. Stop. Look at something else. Think about Jesus. Read the scripture. But we're not dealing with the core here. We're not dealing with the core of the emotions, right? These things come from somewhere. And God created these emotions for us to experience them. Not one time have I read the Bible and I have read a man or a woman that is in that Bible that it doesn't show immense amount of emotions that they experience. And not one time have I read the Bible about these men and these women and read God go, ew, you're disgusting. How dare you? Has he gotten onto them for their actions? Yeah, absolutely. But he doesn't condemn us for the emotions that we have. It would be counterintuitive. Again, because he created them, right? We, everybody tracking with me? So I think the first important thing that we have to remember when it comes biblically to emotions is God created them. And so in many ways, they are really, really, really good. Really good, actually. That brings me now to let's talk about what we've done as humans, which I talked about, I'm pretty sure in the last podcast, is that we put emotions in categories of bad and good. And there are no bad or good emotions. Emotions just are. And every time I say that to people, um, I get a lot of backlash. Not, I shouldn't say a lot. I get some backlash. You know, people challenge me all the time about that. They're like, yeah, but it makes me feel like crap. Doesn't make me feel good. Okay. That doesn't mean that something is bad. Sorry to tell you, but it doesn't. It doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it makes you feel icky. And that's a different conversation. Okay, they make you feel icky is one thing, but it does not mean that it actually is bad. Doesn't mean that that emotion, anger that you experience and you don't enjoy is actually bad. It can become bad depending on your actions, but it doesn't mean that the actual emotion is bad. So my question to all of you is to think about what are the emotions that you've put on a list that you've labeled as bad? And then what I want you to do with that list is I want you to really look that list over and decide, are these actually bad? And remember, the question isn't, do these make me feel icky? The question is, are these emotions actually bad? And so 
that will take you down a rabbit hole of really needing to figure out what constitutes something as bad. And that's something we can talk about later on, but I think it's good to start with this piece because if we go down that rabbit hole, y'all, this podcast episode will be like two hours long. So if we want to talk about biblically what it is for something to be bad and something to be good, more than willing to do that. Again, as always, just let me know if that's what you want. So you have these emotions, they make you feel icky. And you have these emotions and they make you feel really, really good, right? And in the grand scheme of things, we on a daily basis are trying to run away from the ones that make us feel icky as much as we possibly can. Listen, myself included, I'm not sitting here trying to tell you that I don't do the same thing because land sakes alive, I do. But I have to every single day really check myself and go, what am I doing? What am I doing? And listen, guys, the last two years, 100% has been the most difficult years of my life. I have never experienced grief the way that I have the last two years. And you want to talk about trying to run, trying to suppress, trying to fill voids. I did it horribly. I did it so much and so bad. And it's because the emotions made me feel so, so overwhelmed. I remember being in a therapy session of my own with my own therapist and having that conversation and just looking at her and going, I'm so exhausted because I am so overwhelmed because I couldn't even tell you all the things that I feel right now from my emotions because it's that bad. It's that bad. And I hear you, but we have to be so careful because what we don't realize and what we don't look at is that every time that we experience those emotions that make us feel like ick, they actually propel us most of the time in our relationship with Christ. Now, can they make it to where we get stunted? Yes, but it's not the emotions that do that. It's our actions of how we deal with those emotions that does that. Okay. Our emotions aren't the cause of us being stunted. It is our actions and how we respond to those emotions that, that cause us to get stunted in our relationship with God. I always give my clients the example. I want you to think of a door and I want you to really evaluate that door. And that door is your spirit. And God is a perfect gentleman. He is not going to force. He is not going to shove. He is not going to yell. He's not going to break it down. He's not going to do anything of that nature, except for what he will do is he will stand at that door and he will wait and wait and wait until you finally open that door so that his spirit, the Holy Spirit can come through you and get you through what you're going through emotionally. But he's not going to break it down. That is not God. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to. And that may be hard to hear because it's like, well, doesn't God love me? And but, but why would he give me these if it's so bad and they make me feel so icky? Because y'all, nowhere in the Bible does it say, hey, your life, now that you're a believer, about to be cake. It doesn't say that anywhere. And if somebody finds the scripture and they're like, yes, it does, please show me where that is because (laughs) I've never heard of it. Not once. Instead, what it talks about is that our lives as believers will get harder and harder and harder and harder and harder. But that doesn't mean that that relationship with God isn't good and isn't amazing. And again, it doesn't mean those emotions that you experience are bad. Emotions are biblically as well, not just because God created them and made them, 
but they're biblically as well because all throughout the Bible, the men and women of the Bible exhibit emotions all the time, all the time. Uh, David is a perfect example of that. I mean, look at David's emotions all throughout the uh, all throughout the book of of David, right? All throughout First and Second Kings and, and and whatnot. He he is always exuding all of these emotions. He exudes sadness when you know he gets caught, let's say, by God by his wrongdoings. He gets overwhelmed by being king. I am good grief, king, overwhelmed. Yeah, of course he does. He has to make really difficult decisions, which may now bust out of the page what he's experiencing or feeling, right? Like the emotions that he's experiencing. But when we read scripture, we as humans can totally relate. I mean, can you imagine, right? You are ordained by God that you are going to be the king of all kings and you are going to create a nation that you are going, you're going to be that person. Uh, you want to talk about being overwhelmed just a little bit, especially when we add then on there, all of the strife, all of the stuff that was going on in the land at that time. I can't even imagine all the emotions that he experienced. And guess what? God was still with him. God still kept him going, sustained him and made it happen. Even though he experienced all those emotions. Esther is another one who is my favorite. I love that book of the Bible. Love, love, love. It just, it speaks to my soul personally, okay? And she's another great example of having to feel a ton of emotions. She didn't want to marry the man that she married, but she did. Why? Because God called her to save her people. Overwhelmed, scared, fear, anxious. Can't even imagine all the emotions that she experienced too. And she, again, exuded all of these emotions. The thing about when we read the Bible is that it doesn't just jump off the page. Esther was anxious. And that's the thing that we get tripped up on is we have stopped doing the digging that we need to do as believers in the Bible. The Bible is not just going to slap you in the face with an answer. The Bible is the type of uh, books, excuse me, that uh, you, you have to dig, guys. You can't just go, oh, okay. There's a lot of meat that we miss when we just read it for the surface. There's so much we miss. The Bible is about digging. And if you think for a second that you're just going to open up a page and it's just going to say, so, you know, one day they were walking through and they felt really, really fearful. And then they felt a lot of anger. And then that anger turned like it's not going to be that way, y'all. It's just not going to be that way. But it doesn't mean that those things aren't there in the Bible. We just have to look and we have to be willing to go deeper than surface. And honestly, that is also, I think, why in a lot of ways that God gave us emotions. I think that God so desperately wants us to, to just be these amazing, incredible beings that he created us to be. He gave all of us a purpose on this earth. I stand by that. Every single one of us. I don't care if you are the person who's like, I don't want to be around people. I want to be in my home. I want to be kicking it on my couch. Uh, I'm a hermit crab. I don't care if you're even that person. You have a purpose on this earth. We all do. Some of us is to stand in the crowd. Some of us is to stand in the back. Some of us is to rah-rah. Whatever it is, we all have a purpose, right? And guess what? Every time that I dig into my purpose, do you want to know what my emotions do? They go crazy. They go crazy. 
me starting this podcast up again. My emotions were telling me all kinds of things. They were telling me, no, you shouldn't do it. Like, look at what you did. You left for a year, right? Anxiousness, all this stuff. We have to recognize that Satan is going to use our emotions because that is the one of the biggest ways that he can get to us. And so it's important that we understand biblically how emotion, how, how important, excuse me, I'm getting all in the spirit. And so my brain and my mouth can't connect as fast. <laughs> this is what happens. But we have to remember that our emotions are a, a gift, truly a gift from God. And the more that we understand them biblically, the more that we understand them worldly, let's say, the more we're able to connect all of that together, the more power we have over this icky, horrible Satan. We have so much more power over him because guess what? We are able to go, uh, okay, I'm feeling anxious right now. Really not liking it. Why am I feeling anxious? Oh, I feel anxious because ABCD. Huh? Is that coming from God or is that coming from Satan? And I do that all the time, y'all. Am I perfect? No, again, I'm not because that's not possible. It's not possible. And if you keep going towards perfection, your emotions will get 20 times worse. The reason why? Because it's not possible. And your emotions are a center for you to, it's almost like your emotions are your buttons inside of you that tell you like, whoa, you're going too far. Or what about this? Or, ooh, this is really nice. This makes me feel really good, right? We got to pay attention to those things. We can't just shut them off and shove them away. And we especially cannot get rid of the ones that don't make us feel good. Because every time that we do that, we take away from God's ability to grow us in the kingdom of God. We take away. And I don't know about you, but I don't want anything else taken away from me when it comes to the kingdom of God. I want to be connected to that as much as I possibly can. I don't want that taken away more. That, that sounds horrible to me. If you want God to pour into you, one of the best places and one of the best things you can do is to open your emotions up to God. The best thing you will ever do. Now, for my people out there who've experienced severe trauma, I realize that that is a lot easier said than done. For my people out there just in general, I realize that what I'm saying to you right now of opening up your spirit emotionally to God is a lot easier said than done because we have had people in our lives do a lot of hurt, do a lot of wrong, do a lot of pain. But guys, we have to remember that God is not those people. He isn't those people. God is this beautiful, beautiful savior that quite literally brought his son to this earth to wash away our sins. He sacrificed his only son for us who drive him crazy, I'm sure, because all we do is complain. I mean, again, myself included, I'm not sitting here saying that I am <laughs> any better than y'all. Okay. Which I think another part that's really important is for us to look at Jesus Christ. So I, I love the New Testament. I love the, the entire Bible. Uh, but obviously the New Testament is amazing because it has Christ, right? And he's such a perfect example of human and uh, spirit put together and how beautiful that can look when those two things come together. But I think what's really important too is that when we talk about emotions is looking at Christ, Okay. It's actually funny. I was, I was watching a sermon today by a pastor and oh my gosh, this guy is so hilarious. I love him. But anyways, he was, he made a, he was talking about the, the story of Jairus and, you know, his daughter's dying and Jairus is trying to get God or Christ, excuse me, to come and save his daughter and all this stuff. Right. And 
he, the pastor goes, if you think for one minute that God is just some like gentle spirit that like just speaks so gently and he's just gonna, yes, da, 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 da. Like, yeah, that is, that is Christ. But if you think for one minute, he's not going to put you in your place, you've lost your marbles. I mean, lost your mind. So in that whole story, Jairus has these men that come out to him and was like, you need to just basically give up because your daughter just died. Like you leave the master alone, leave the king alone. And God goes, no, basically I'm, I'm still here. Let's go look at your daughter. She's just sleeping. And the men laugh at Christ. Ha ha. What are you talking about? She's just sleeping. And he goes, um, y'all can get out. Bye. I mean, I don't, when I hear stuff like that, I'm like, yes, I love that because that just only further instills in me. Okay. I'm allowed. I'm allowed. I'm allowed to have boundaries. I'm allowed to have emotions. I'm allowed to have all these things. Look at Christ. He did it. If he can do it, why can't we do it? He is the perfect symbol of us. He quite literally was created to be man and spirit so that we could have an amazing example of what we should be striving towards. And Christ throughout the entirety of the Bible has emotions like crazy. Another story I love and I think about, uh, especially when I'm in like really depths of despair when it comes to Christ, is I think about, y'all forgive me because I always forget where in the Bible this is. I think Matthew, Mark both describe this, but God leaves his disciples and goes into the garden, into a garden. And he lays straight on his stomach on the ground and is praying to God, you know, all of the stuff like basically why God and what do you want? And he's meeting with God, right? And every time I read that, I, I just always think like, oh my gosh, imagine all the emotions he was experiencing. Like imagine the, I wonder if he felt fear. Let me rephrase. I wonder if he felt fear. I wonder if the fear was so overwhelming for him or was it like, okay, I have fear, but I got God, right? Like, was he able to experience it like us or because he was so connected with God and a part of God, right? Because God's spirit is in him were those emotions there and he could recognize them and he could label them, but it was more like, you don't have power over me because only a few sentences later, scriptures later, Satan comes into the place and he's trying to uh, strew God or Christ, excuse me, away from God, right? And, and talk all this nonsense into him. And that right there is a perfect, beautiful description of what I'm talking about, where Satan is going to try to use your emotions against you. And just because you feel negatively doesn't mean that that is actually what's going on doesn't mean it's actually what's going on. And when I say that, what I mean is it it's not that you're not experiencing the right, let's say I put that in quotations, right emotions. So maybe you're experiencing grief, right? And you're, you're just starting because of this grief, you're starting to have all of these really gnarly thoughts. So like, I'll give you an example when I, this last two years have gone through my grief, there were, I mean, I'm not going to lie. There were times that I yelled, I mean, screamed at God, like, what are you doing to me? Are you trying to kill me? Are you trying to break me? What do you want from me? Literally. And I'm not going to lie. I said that. What do you want from me? Only a few hours ago, uh, because it's a lot. It's a lot to deal with grief. It's a lot to deal with heartache. And it's a lot to do that for several years. Right. But 
what I always have to remind myself when I am able to go there is that, oh yeah, Satan is going to use this big time. He's going to use this big time. So one of my other absolute favorite books of the Bible is Job, which I've probably talked about already. Forgive me. I can't remember what I talked about and didn't talk about in the last podcast. And I probably shouldn't have listened, should have listened to it before I recorded this, but you know, we're here. It is what it is. So anyways, Job is another one of my favorite books of the Bible. And Job is a really beautiful description and depiction of Satan using emotions against us to try to turn us away from God. If you haven't read the book of Job, you need to. I I tell every client who is a believer of mine who comes to me, you need to read this book. I tell every person who comes into my life who's a believer, you need to read this book because it speaks so much to our spirits. We, We are in despair. I mean, there's a part of Job where he has, I think it's three friends. I always forget if it's three or four. He has some friends, let's say. And, you know, as people do, they come to pour into you. And again, I say that one with big time quotation marks. They come to pour into Job. They come to be, let's say, with Job. And they do the typical thing that people do. Well, you're not doing this. Well, you're not doing that enough. Uh, Well, have you prayed? My, oh my gosh, every, oh, this last two years going through all the stuff I've gone through, I cannot tell you how annoyed I get and have gotten when I tell people, honestly, yeah, I'm not doing good. It's been difficult. And they're like, well, have you been praying? Wow. Monumental mind bending. I didn't, you know, it's so weird. I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that at all. Wow. Thank you for that one. Okay. That's essentially what the men that Job was around were saying to him. They were saying all the things that we already know, right? But Satan is using these men to try to just break Job down and make him believe all of these negative things that they're saying to him. You're not doing this right. You should have done it this way. How how could you think that that was going to work? To change him, to utilize those emotions, to put negativity into him, And then change his spirit towards God. Y'all, we can't let that happen. Your emotions matter. They matter so much. I want you to hear me say this. Your emotions matter. And they matter so much to God. He cares deeply about you. And that's not just your physical. That Your spirit is what he really, really, really cares about. At the end of the day, if we really look at it, yeah, he cares about our physical. But your spirit is number one. Number one. And a part of that spirit is those emotions that you experience. And it's okay to have them, but don't let them shut you down. And remember that there's no difference between your emotions of good or bad. They just all are. We all will experience all the emotions at some point in time in our lives. And that's okay. And I want you to know that I feel them too. I have felt them for the last two years, y'all. It has been so, so, so rough. But you can do this. I really hope that y'all loved this episode. As always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, I'm here for you. I want to hear your words. I want to hear your spirits. Um, And uh, I will be back on my uh, Instagram for this podcast. So forgive me because I know I have not been on that either for a whole stinking year. But I will be back on that too. Um, Yeah. I just, my heart pours into you. Know that I'm here for you. And as always, any questions, I got you. All right, guys, have a good rest of your day, night, evening, wherever you are. Love you.